We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. for Golden State. One of the great playoff runs of all time is complete. Back again, Light Years Podcast. Andy Lou over here. Sam is Fendi Ari over there. We're on episode 38. We're getting up 38. there. I honestly can't think of any NBA player. Like, it's just not a basketball number, right? Do you, can you think of a 38? It's no. It's definitely like a, scrub, it's a scrub number. You know, like, I, oh, oh, wow. Kwame Brown wore it with the Detroit Pistons from 2008 to 2010. And Ooh, ex-warrior and Mike, and Mikey Moore wore it with the Atlanta Hawks in 03. <laughs> um, and Vitor Favarani of the Celtics. There's only been like f- eight players who've worn this number in entire NBA history. Anyway, how many, how many times have we talked about Mikey Moore in the beginning of podcast? We got, we got I mean, to find I feel like Mikey Moore summarizes the Cohan era, right? Like just <laughs> that dude that you saw like be a nice, like, rotation player for a good team who the Warriors decide to throw a ridiculous amount of money at and then they find out like oh actually he's a 10th man not not like your top three player so God, I mean that's just but but we got too much to talk about the NBA gave us gifts today this was this was just a, a great content day they it, it's like everything Andy and I talk about got spoken to existence we we deserve this um <laughs> So let's, we don't even know where to start. That's the thing. Yeah, let's start. Like, let's start on the Rockets. Um, that was a good game Saturday. What'd you think? Yeah, that was that was one of it the was, games. It was a where, competitive game. It was a fun game, right? Yeah, one of the few one of the few games where 
I got a little frustrated, to be honest, with the way the Warriors are playing, both offensively and defensively. And we're going to start off the pod this way because the good stuff's going to happen later. But a little frustrated with how Steph played because he wasn't good. That was Steph's um, worst game of the year, in my opinion. Um, yeah, just in terms of mistakes, like I'm sure he's shot worse in other games. Uh, but I thought his like just decision making was very unlike him. I I thought like like you, you, Steph can be turnover prone, but I don't think Steph generally makes terrible decisions with who to pass to. Like he doesn't usually, if he makes a turnover, it's because he either missed the target or he's trying to do too much. He doesn't usually miss wide open guys. Yeah. Uh, and he admitted at the end there, we'll get into that. What I was actually concerned about, and he's done this a few times in the past, and I think a lot of Warriors fans get annoyed by it, is the way that he um, tends to not push the envelope in the beginning of the games and takes what the defenses give him, but too too much. Like, he'll be too willing to play off ball uh, and then, you know, want, you know, is down to get knocked around by the likes of P.J. Tucker and Ariza didn't play, but him as well. With the guys like that, Capella... Um, and so it takes him out of the game, and then when he's missing shots, uh, then it becomes a little bit ugly. Uh, so that was we, one we of the should, games. We should mention, like, how many shots rimmed out early. Uh, I wasn't – like, him missing shots was maybe the, the thing that bothered me least about the whole performance. Like, the, most of his looks were good looks. Uh, but everything else was just kind of like – it was – Matt Moore could not have been happier with himself because like everything he says that's incorrect about Steph, like Steph did the other night. I'm not saying Steph doesn't make mistakes. He's not perfect, but like the specific mistakes he made, like it, it, it was all the stuff that Matt says that you and I like disagree with as being actual, like fundamental problems with Steph's game. I, I see him more as stuff that like he, he does every now and then. Yeah, can we talk about how the timeline was so happy that the Warriors lost a one-possession game despite the fact that they shot terribly, didn't really try until midway through the second half, and turned the ball over 20 times? It's like, so I think I... Actually, Marcus came up with this last year, and I agree with him. It's wholeheartedly because it's if you can beat the Warriors when they're playing well, that's when you are a true threat. Um, I think the Cavs... Didn't really do that, but they were they were good enough to you know squeeze away a title. But like when the Warriors are playing well, even relatively well, they're impossible to beat. Right? It takes a terrible game from them to lose, and then you need Chris Paul to Corporal Paul, as you've so named oh, Sar- him, Drill Sergeant Paul, <laughs> sir, reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> I mean, so he dropped thirty three. I mean, that's that not was him. actually I was gonna say that's the that's the la- the la- I haven't seen Chris Paul outplay Steph Curry since 2014. Like he he legitimately <laughs> outplayed him. I've I've seen him play up to Steph's level and like play like, you know, you could say that they were about even in a specific game, but I've, I haven't seen him outright, you know, just be better than Steph in 3 or 4 seasons. Um so uh, good for him there cuz he was he w- he was maybe the best player on the floor on Saturday. God, it's about time too, right? Someone, someone like, can you imagine what's been said about like that's him? Sa- he was that's sad. He got he got pickpocketed by Steph, and it and if the Warriors score off that possession, they probably go on to win the game. And he just looks like an idiot again, you know. So it's like you, you can say what you want, but the most sure-handed, true point guard got pickpocketed by apparently poor defender Steph, right? 
So. I have a I have a thing about guys like Chris Paul. I think uh, he like the guy, the banana boat guys. They're so similar with with what they are, which yeah. is why you can as much as they want to play together, you because their personalities are so similar. You can never see it happening. It's they just great on you. It's kind of like it's they're Specifically like if LeBron Green, and Chris Paul, like those two yeah. more than anyone. Like Melo's kind of a he, he's, <laughs> I mean he is, but he does it in a completely different way. Yeah, yeah, like he's not willing. Like, yeah, like he doesn't yell willing. at his teammates as much as like he just doesn't listen to anyone. Yeah, yeah, like he's not willing to do anything outside of what he thinks is right. Right. Same with Paul and LeBron. It, they're like if, and even even like Draymond is willing to sacrifice, but I think that's kind of in his nature in terms of how he plays. But like the way that they're not, well, you willing know, what they to are do- is it's it's Draymond if Draymond was unchecked and was ultra talented so he was able to be unchecked until he was 30 that's what it is if if draymond was able to like shoot <laughs> if, you, if draymond had had the ability to shoot and was like or was more athletic so more he could athletic. get to the rim at will yep that's who they be but it's like draymond knows he's like okay he knows the limitations but then you're talking about paul who who doesn't and he's always been that great same with lebron then it becomes and we'll, we'll get it, it it just becomes an issue um, off the court, right? Because we're not worried about on the court. I mean, how much is there to say about the Warriors on the court? Like, they lost by, like, five points, but are we really worried about them losing a seven-game series? Clint Capella says they're better. The full quote. <laughs> I, 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 it was one of the things where I had a thing on Saturday night. So, I mean, I think you did, too. You weren't even on till midnight. So, we got to this stuff pretty late. So, after no, the game... No, I was, I was just chilling, and I, um, I, I definitely fell asleep and then i woke back <laughs> up um, perfect timing though yeah. i mean he really only he really only needed he had a long quote but whatever it doesn't matter he really only said five words that matter right and he said this in a in a feature capella literally he, he flat out said we are better than them yeah i i mean what well, we should say this clint capella was really good on saturday and i am kind of buying he's going to be a little bit of a thorn in the come side on, of the warriors bro. come on now like, it, well, just he's just gonna be a weird matchup for them. Like he he's a he's a role player. He's I mean he's like a DeAndre Jordan type role player where it's like you know he's 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 more than yeah. But it's like Clint yes, Capella coming out here. Yeah, he shouldn't like, he on, shouldn't dog. be talking. He's not the one who should have that quote. Um, I don't know. Like they can go with their false bravado all they want. I don't, I don't think the Warriors are worried at all. I think if anything. Um, the Warriors are even less worried, and that might give Houston a little bit of an edge to get an early lead on them in a playoff series. You know, like I could totally see Houston stealing game one on the Warriors if they played because the Warriors are still just not going to take them very seriously. And Houston's going to come out with that, you know, Sergeant Paul, like, I'm going to I'm going to give you everything I have in the first moment. You know? That's and by the way, that's what LeBron does in the finals last year, and he gassed out in the second half. You know what? You know what annoys me though, or not annoys me because it's kind of funny, but it, it's the Rockets try so hard to like James Harden this morning said in a quote like "We're for real, for real." Like, dude, you don't. We don't need you to tell us you're for real. Like, if you're if you're a real team that's gonna win, like j- you beat the Warriors twice, full strength. Like, you won the season series. Like, I don't understand why. You need to reiterate that. Well, I think we know why he's. I think we know why he's saying it. I, I, Tr- <laughs> Black Trey said it on our last podcast. Like, he's got a lot of money riding on winning that MVP. So, but but uh, no, but just from a mental aspect, like that's that's fine. But it's just why does that? Why is that something that needs to be said out loud? It's kind of like 
it's kind of like if the Warriors were chasing LeBron back then and they just came out and obviously, you know, privately, they're like, okay, we need to beat LeBron. We need to find a way to beat this guy, et cetera, et cetera. But to come out and to keep saying it, I think Dr. Andy thinks it's it's just kind of like a, a sign of weakness. It's like, good, we're chasing the team that's winning, but you don't need to outwardly keep saying that to, to kind of like um, to make yourself feel better, right? To, to affirm like your accomplishments, accomplishments being yeah, that it's you definitely won like games. false bravado. It's like when you um, when you you uh, look at yourself in the mirror, like oh, this is a really good looking shirt. I look really good tonight. You know that type of thing. Like it's like it's a little like you're trying to you're trying to gas yourself up, but like in reality, like inside, you're like I don't know. I'm a little. I'm still nervous about the state. You know. So. No, that that's exactly that's exactly it. Because it's like they're saying all this stuff, and then in the back, we've talked about this. James Harden doesn't want to watch what happened in Game Six of last season. You know, in in terms of what went wrong, it's like okay, you have all this to say, but in the back there, there's always going to be that little thing. And you look at how Steph Curry is as a leader, as someone that wants to get better. He comes out and says, "Look, I fucked up. I should have passed to KD twice. Instead, I passed to Clay." Yeah, um, um, two th- two thoughts on that. Yeah. Like th- the Rockets just chalking it up to him having dead legs. Like that's not a good enough excuse. Steph, Steph in the finals when when they lost in sixteen, legitimately was playing on a hurt knee that he rushed back from, and he never let it be an excuse. Like he he owned everything he did. I mean, we made an excuse for him, but he never let it be an excuse. <laughs> and you know, like they they. They looked at, like they they were honest with themselves about it. They they knew they messed up in many other ways in that series, but like the Rockets just like saying, "Oh, now that I have Chris Paul, it's going to be you know that's not going to happen." Like at some point, it's going to get very hard, and like how you push through it getting hard is a major determinant because like even the Warriors, like it it, it doesn't matter. At a certain point, you're going to hit adversity in a playoff series. I think this is one thing Matt was right on, like need to see how the Warriors responded in 15 when they were down 2-1 to Memphis. Um, I, I still haven't seen James Harden respond to adversity in a way that like gives me faith to think he could actually hang with Durant and Steph Curry in you know a serious playoff series, right? Like I know he can hang with them for the first couple punches, but then it just kind of gets weak, right? Yeah, no, I mean, same thing. And and, uh, like you said, dude, like the Warriors aren't going to take these guys seriously. And I don't think this is a game, despite that, the fact that they lost that they're going to suddenly be like, hey, these guys won like on the court. Hey, these guys won. They won in crunch time. We're going to take them seriously. I think it's more of a Eric Gordon said that we're going to attack Steph Curry on pick and roll all day. Uh, and Clint Capella said we're better. Like that's something that can get these guys to actually take him seriously. Yeah, that's like to me. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's just to me, it just feels like that's going to be the difference between this being a five-game series or this just being the Warriors are just going to come out and just go AWOL or, or just go ham and just sweep them. Like, I, I think that's – those are the type of things that I think you don't see, like KD said, right? You don't see Chris Harding coming out and, and saying, hey, we're going to attack Steph. No, we're, we're, we're a better team. I don't think that they're coming out and saying that. Yeah, I mean I- – the Rockets are really good, and they are the second best team in the NBA. But they're just—I just have so much skepticism about everything about them until I see it in the playoffs. Like, I think James Harden should win the MVP. He's—I—he's a top five player. He's—he's he's brilliant. But like, some of this stuff is just like you're not addressing the things that are truly holding you back. I guess is—is is what I'm saying. And like, it, it just. 
I don't know. Like they've every one of those players and their coach have have kind of failed in the same way repeatedly that I need to see that it's different for me to buy that it's different. I mean, to cap it off, look at what happened. We don't I don't think we talked about it. Look what happened with the with the Clippers game. Corporal Paul, you know, devised a freaking plan, brought in I guess it was uh what's his name? Tariq Black as a decoy and the one No, Clint Capello is the, the the Trojan horse. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was either way. I think that it might have been messed up. I think they might have messed it up. But it's like, dude, like, how are you going to break down like that in a regular season game? Like that, to that extent, like that just kind of shows you, like, I don't know whether to take these guys seriously as a contender or just as a team, like, or a contender to the Warriors, I mean. Um, I, I think they, they might win the championship if it wasn't for the Warriors. But just there's so much going on, I feel like, mentally with them. They're trying so hard or they're trying to act tough and stuff like that. It's just... Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen this time and time again in history, like you kind of have to get over those mental blocks in in the playoffs, and it really comes down to it. And until I see it from them, I'm going to remain somewhat skeptical while acknowledging they roll teams now. Oh, that's one last point on their style, I will say. They play different from everyone else. And they're so explosive, that they're exceptionally difficult in the regular season. But like, that explosiveness slowly goes away when you play the same team over and over again. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and there was one team that that I thought was going to beat them, but nowadays with the story that came out today on the San Antonio Spurs, it looks like that may not be the case. It looks like Kawhi, Ooh, Kawhi at this point. Trouble in paradise? Bad. Yeah, so the, the story came out that Kawhi's camp is frustrated and somewhat at odds with the Spurs on his – I mean, I don't know what's going on. I've, I've been kind of talking about it with you all year. Like, it's really weird how underreported his injury is. And, like, no one's quite sure what's going on or why. And, um, and the Spurs just get away with it because no one really cares. You know, like, if this was, if this was LeBron, well, LeBron's the biggest star. But let's, if it was James Harden, you know, or Russell Westbrook, uh, who are similar caliber players to Kawhi, right? They, they, those teams wouldn't get a pass for just being so like secretive and like not really disclosing what's going on with it. It's like, what did they talk about? Like, there was a, a couple of weeks ago only where Lamarcus Aldridge they finally like truly said, "Hey, this guy wasn't happy, right? We're Papa to go and tell him we're not trading you. We don't care if you want to get traded. So let's figure out what's going on." Uh, that kind of tells you there's probably more happy happening here than you would think, even though the the piece itself by Woj was pretty vague. Like I think uh, uh, Buford came out and said, Hey, this didn't happen, et cetera, whatever. But I'm sure there's more than that going on behind the scenes. If that's how the Spurs, like you're saying, the Spurs were hiding it the entire time. There's gotta be something going on. Now, our thing is that if he's going to be the guy that leaves the team, he gets a super max, as you were saying, so they get the financial advantage. But if he's the guy that's leaving the team, there is really, like, what is, who's the next team that's going to beat the Warriors? I'm looking at it from that perspective, because if this guy's going to leave a, a coach like Pop, what is going to happen? There's yeah, no I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's anywhere near there, but there's, like, the seeds of doubt for the first time. Like, everyone just kind oh, of assumed, yeah. everyone just kind of assumed, okay, yeah. Kawhi's the next guy. He's just going to be here for, like, 18 years and be dominant. And, uh, like, in his last few years, gracefully pass the torch to the next random guy who's a superstar for the Spurs, right? Like, we just kind of assumed that's the way it's going to go. But it, 
you know, it, it just kind of puts into perspective kind of how ridiculous Tim Duncan is that like his career played out like that. Right. That's uh, Steph Curry. So yeah, I mean, and, and hopefully Steph's career plays out like that, but like that is such a rare thing, right? Like Kawhi is going through something that I think is far more common. Like he thinks his career is yeah. going to be, he's going to be Spurs for life and why not? And now it's like, I don't know what, what's going on here. Like, I don't feel like the medical is good and I, I, I'm clearly unhappy with everything. So um, I don't know, but I think it's, it's so hard to talk on them because I, for all I know, Kawhi could be back in three weeks and never get hurt again for the rest of the year. And by mid March, they're peaking and all of a sudden they look like a really good team. Right. But like uh, from the other perspective, it's like, okay, you need a perfect, perfect blend of coaching right organization to to for sustainability as well as talent right so i think like the Cavs have the talent they don't have organization they don't really have the coaching but the if you look at the spurs you look at the rockets i don't think they have the coaching i i think they have most of the talent right organization they have that but it's like the spurs they have all of it if they can find the talent if they can add a couple a-list guys right but if you're now taking the talent away if you're taking Kawhi away or even like you're saying like if he's not happy there, there's some type of thing going on. If that's going to be taken away, then I find it hard to believe that there is a team in the next two to three years. That's going to even come close to beating the warriors. Not in one game, like the Rockets can do one or two games, but four times like outside of Steph and Katie getting truly hurt. Well, what it's going to, that's the craziest part. What it's going to take is, um, I was talking about this with you earlier, but like the, the Warriors really just, it's going to take someone hitting the perfect storm with players getting upped on contracts and then getting significantly better. Like, like us, like how Steph didn't get a max and then all of a sudden broke out and all of a sudden that team has more money to add more players. It's either going to take that or it's going to take some legit stars saying, I'm not taking the max. I'm taking like, you know, yeah. 20% less so we can have a few more guys so we can actually hang with these guys, you know, because like, I think this is what LeBron's struggling with right now. Like That's his, his situation, yep. his situation is such that if he takes the max and the power, he cannot assemble a team that can compete with the Warriors, but he doesn't want to take less than that. And he shouldn't want to like he, he, no matter what he's paid, he's underpaid in terms of just the sheer value he brings in terms of dollars to a team. It's just kind of how it goes. But like he has to kind of make a decision. Like, do I want to go to, let's say the Spurs and take a little less money, but know that they're going to put the pieces around me and have the coach and the culture and like the other players to really compete. Or do I want all that power and all that money? And, you know, then we're, we're missing a, bunch of stuff and we're kind of hoping that we run into the Warriors hurt so we can have a chance I think with LeBron I think he kind of sees the writing on the wall and just says screw it dude I, I like I don't I don't think him at this point and we'll get into them right now because they have they've had a hilarious day we're recording this on Monday night um I don't think he's even thinks that there's a chance somewhere he can go to if he even takes a pay cut that they can win a championship. So he's like, well, screw it. What's the point of that? If I can just have all the power. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on draft are 80% better? 80% better? 
like a step three. That's why Draft is my favorite sports site. No more getting crushed by the pros. And it's not just me. More than one million people that have already downloaded Draft 2. Play in a real live draft site right now. Be done under five minutes and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second so you can join one whenever you want. And Andy's not exaggerating when he says in five minutes. I was skeptical. I signed up, got got the draft done in about five minutes, and boom, my lineup was set for that night, and I ended up winning some money. So you guys should definitely do it. Code hard cash. So all new players, for you guys that are joining, all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use me and Sam's promo code LIGHTYEARS. That's right. Play in a real money draft for free just by using our promo code light years but it gets even better draft is so sure that you guys will love it that they're even offering light years pot listeners a money back guaranteed up to a hundred dollars it's basically free money enter the code light years they're guaranteeing you up to a hundred dollars so but your first few plays are going to be free and if you win you get to pocket that money what, what do you guys have to lose so just go search draft to your app store go to draft.com and come play free right now with light years promo code light years um and have all the say in the organization and i think that's the issue now he wants all the power or all the say but he brings in isaiah thomas kevin love it looks like you know, it brings in Crowder, right? Those are the two guys that we assume are looking, leaking these things. And then Kevin Love, now they're pointing fingers. Yeah, can you read, can you read the, the Woj tweets on Kevin Love? Yeah, yeah. So we've got so – so, so today um, they had an – Cleveland Cavaliers had an emotional team meeting. Prior to Monday's practice, players challenged the legitimacy of Kevin Love leaving OKC's blowout win on Saturday, right? Uh, blaming his illness. So you're saying that – the locker room is increasingly full of finger pointing. Love, Love defended himself, explained the side to teammates, coaches, and management. And at the end here, it still says there's a sense with some that the team worked out some issues, but ultimately remains to be seen. I mean, the coaches and management part is where it gets really interesting to me. Like uh, <laughs> the players wanting to kill each other because they're, I mean, LeBron's not even playing well relative to his standards over the, like over the last month, LeBron has not been LeBron James, right? Can't shoot anymore. He can't yep. shoot. And he's been just, I mean, he's still been really good, but like he hasn't been who he is. And then, um, obviously like players, you lose like nine of 12, everyone's going to start getting frustrated with each other. But when you have like the coaches and management in there, that's where it's like, okay, there's some, there's some stuff going on back there. Um, I don't know. I it's it, yeah, it all it's comes beautiful. it all comes back it, it it comes back to like I really do think it all comes back to LeBron being non-committal to the team. I think that's a big reason why Kyrie left. I think Kyrie may have been able to put up with more of, you know, LeBron always being the bigger deal than him if he at least knew LeBron was in it for the long haul. But, like, it's always the same thing, you know? If they win, LeBron. If they lose, you know, he's no help. And and then this and then this dude's like, you know, oh, maybe he's going to L.A. Maybe he's going to Houston. Maybe he's staying. You know, I don't know. And that's kind of a, a crappy position to be in if you are a legitimate star, which Kyrie and Kevin Love are, right? Um, so it's just 
it, it, it just creates an untenable situation. I think you're seeing it with Kevin Love too. Like he, he seems more and more checked out. He's like, I'm yep. clearly the second best player on this team, but it's, you know, I, when we lose, it's because I suck. But if we win, I never get any of the credit. And then the guy who's the best player on this team doesn't even seem all that committed. Um, I mean, it's been said to both of us from people like that the guys are like wondering how committed, you know, like they don't know what LeBron's going to do. And if LeBron leaves, Kevin Love has doesn't want to be sitting in Cleveland with two years on his contract with like a nothing roster. Right. Especially in like the end of his prime. That he looks miserable, Kevin Love. Like he, he's, he's why you're like, damn, Kyrie really was a genius. Like he really knew, like this guy LeBron was was pretty much. And if he's not gonna, if he's not gonna stay, like look at what he said about Tyron Lue, right? They asked him about it earlier this week, and and LeBron pretty much said, you know, I would like him to be here, but I don't know. Like that depends on the people that are making blah blah blah. And then he's saying, I want to be focused on what I'm gonna do right now, which is a quote that essentially is kind of backing your coach. But not really. Like it's if you just were- non-committal, just as non-committal as he is to the to the franchise. So you can say, from a player perspective, he he has all this power because he's his non-willingness to commit is like gives him power that a player does not have over management. Like no player has that over Kerr or or Pop, right? But on the other hand, it makes it really hard to kind of create that culture of accountability where every player is every player is not going to be equal but like it it just makes it hard when like you know that that dude is it just wields a bigger bat than your coach and if you're not going to be if you're not going to be someone like if you're going to expect people to be there and expect people to do things that you want to do um, you should be able to, I mean, simply put, you should be able to lead by example. So it's like, if you're the one that's going to be yelling at people and then not playing de- yelling at people on national TV to play defense, but not playing defense, what do you expect to happen? Right. If you're asking people to, to be loyal or try hard or whatever it is. Right. And you're the one that may be leaving the year after or next year, this all season, that's like, what do you expect is going to happen? So I think that's kind of what you're seeing. And they try to trade guys like J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, et cetera, all these guys that, you know, LeBron's like, hey, these guys, we got you big deals, et cetera. And then a year later, these guys are flaming out, and now they want to trade them, right? Every guy is on the trade block, right? And you look at it, you contrast it with the Warriors. It's like they guys asked about Clay Thompson, but the Warriors came out and flat out said, yeah, they asked for him, but we said no. Like, and, and, top- we sh- and we should say that, like, it's probably not true. Like, there's probably a price where the Warriors do trade clay but they have no incentive they have no incentive to say it they're gonna come out and say like no he's our guy and they're gonna do everything they can to like make it feel that way right because they you know the worst thing in the world is if you are a clay thompson and you're constantly looking over your shoulder because you think management wants to get rid of you for someone better right like it, it just makes it hard for you to be as invested so it's a, I guess it's a weird thing because it's not like we're defending Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert is probably the worst uh, uh, owner in, in the NBA, if not one of them, top five. But it's like it's uh, two. There's, it's a, two there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, 
Um, but it's like, so you want control. LeBron wants full control, but with full control comes with what he wants to do, which is uncertainty. And that leads to other players that are just like, okay, what are we doing here? And when you win, that's great. When you win a title, that's awesome. But when you get screwed over by the fact that the Warriors rose up this quickly and are going to win several championships, now it's just frustrating. Cause I mean, did you watch that game that they played against the Thunder? Oh, it God. was a layup line to a not even a top the ten offense. Thunder, the Thunder, the Thunder looked like the Warriors and the and the Rockets. The, like the, <laughs> the offense was just so flowing and easy, and like, and I was like, man, the Thunder haven't figured out. And then I like started watching a little closer. I'm like, no, they just are getting zero resistance. And like, I mean, if you're not going to guard Russell Westbrook and Paul George, they're gonna drop whatever they want on you because they're, you know, they're they're damn good. Um, but it was like. It, I mean, it looked like an exhibition game. It looked like it, they were guarding the Thunder like it was an all-star game. It was embarrassing, you know? And it was, um, I, I don't know how else to put it. It's just like, you know, it, it, it's um, a lack of leadership. I, I don't know. Maybe they needed to get kicked in to like actually start looking at themselves in the mirror a little bit, but it was it was bad. Yeah, it's 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 delicious. Is what it is, <laughs> but I mean, it goes it, it it goes to your point on leadership. Like, uh, you, you can say what you want about Steph's defense, but like the dude tries harder than anyone, and if he's if he's willing to do stuff that scrubs are willing to do, then no one's going to complain, right? It's like it's like the whole Duncan Pop thing. If Duncan, who's the undisputed best player in the Spurs for I don't know fifteen years, maybe. Uh, is willing to grind like he's the twelfth man on the roster. Absolutely, no one else has an excuse. And that grinding is not just you know like because no one's questioning LeBron getting in the gym and working on his own game, but like <laughs> posting IG steps. But yeah, exactly. But it's like it's like focusing on the details and being coachable and doing the little so, things. So so it's like that. So let's talk about that for a second. It's do you think Andre Iguodala like Andre Iguodala likes coming off the bench? No. Do you think that KD likes sacrificing shots? Absolutely not. Like, do you think that Draymond Green like wants to play less minutes or have the ball out of his out of his hands more? No, right? Do you think that Clay Tom like would Clay Thompson want more shots? Absolutely. So it's like, but nobody. I mean, they're not necessarily too happy about it if you were to ask them with true serum, but. They're going to do them, and they've done it for the last three, four years. Particularly because- when you see the results pay off. When you exactly. see, like, that's that's the thing. When you're willing to try to sacrifice and you see the results pay off, that's when, you know, guys are willing to do it a little more than maybe they, they said or they would have said off the record that they would. Um, because, because, I mean, every, every one of these guys was the best basketball player on their team for like the first 20 years of their life, right? Like everyone's got a little bit of an ego or a lot of an ego at some level. But um, I mean, it's – you kind of need that that buy-in. And if you're not getting the buy-in from the best player, you're never getting the buy-in from the rest of the roster. I mean, like just small examples. Kevin Love should be the guy. I mean, his usage went down like 10 like by 10 moment Isaiah Thomas came back. It's like, how does that even make sense? He was one of the best offensive players in the beginning of the season um, on that team. And they were good. They were rolling. And then, and then it comes back and all of a sudden Kevin Love is a spot up shooter. He's like, he's like a big man, Kyle Corver now. It's like, what the, what, what's the point? Yeah. Like he's like, he's like the rich man's Channing Fry all of a sudden. Like, Dude, that guy's, I mean, 
he's a he's a, he's he's a given twenty and ten every game if he wants to be. So um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's a it's good for the Warriors. Whatever is happening, the NBA is kind of all screwed up. Uh, we haven't even got to like the Wizards, right? You want to touch on the Wizards? Oh um, yes, four Actually, players only. My meeting. friend, my friend just texted me the. Uh, the J.J. Barea quote, which I was going to bring up anyway. But um, so the Wizards had a players only meeting, which apparently went poorly over the weekend, which is just amazing in its own right. But it's another example. So John Wall calls J.J. Barea just a little midget trying to get mad. And Barea responds. Uh, he doesn't like him either. I don't think his teammates like him either. <laughs> and. <laughs> it's, I mean, John Wall kind of coasts just under the national radar because everyone knows he's good, but they've never been relevant enough for him to get the scrutiny that Westbrook gets, that Curry gets, that LeBron gets. Like, he's never been that level of a star that people, like, really dig into, you know, every little thing he does the way they do with, like, the top five to eight players. Um, and but he's kind of been that way for a while. Like he's, he's, he's a, he's a clear all-star who thinks he's the best point guard in the league and carries himself. Like he's better than everyone else on his team. You know, who he reminds me of, he reminds me of James Harden. Obviously Harden's better. Um, I don't know about that. that. I think Harden, I think Harden's a lot more affable to his teammates. Uh, yes, that's true. But I think just from a perspective that, he wants to be taken seriously. James Harden is an MVP candidate twice in a row, but I think he's a guy that wants to be taken seriously by his peers, fans, whatever it is that needs ex-players, it doesn't matter, that he is the guy that could, for Harden, I think win a championship, beat the Warriors, for jo- beat the Warriors. I think for John Wall, like a top 10 player. I think John Wall wants to be known as like a top point guard, right? He doesn't even want to be a top player. He's just like, hey, I'm the best two-way point guard. Is what he says. He's creating different things to where he can have. Oh, in his mind, advantage. he's better than Steph Curry. He knows. But like, he he one hundred percent tells people he's he's the best point guard. And he thinks like all you know, Steph, all Steph can do better than him is shoot. That's in his mind. That's what he thinks. It sounds sounds like Twitter, but um, <laughs> but it, no, it's it's. But he's that's the thing. Like, mentions too much. Yeah, yeah, maybe no, but it's just these guys. Just sometimes they make it seem like they're not comfortable. I think Steph himself, to bring it back, he's comfortable with how people view him um, to an extent, right? He's very secure and he doesn't necessarily care what people say. I think KD is a little different, right? He cares. I think guys like John Wan, Harden, they do like they want to be respected as one of the top players. KD, everybody respects him as a top player, so nobody says anything. But with those two guys, it's like. We want to be known as MVP, as a top two-way point guard, as this, as that. And it comes off a little wanting. Like, it's, dude, we know you're good, so just just prove it by playing well. Like, like did John Wall make the get conference the, finals? Yeah, get out of the second round. Yeah. Like, do, win 50 <laughs> no? games once. Just yeah. once. It's not that hard to win 50 games in the East. I mean, well, it is hard. But, like, if you're that good, <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard. Exactly. So it's like just prove it on the court. And and I guess it rubs off his teammates like a little weird because like Bradley Beal, you've got a bunch of guys there that are like Kelly Oubre who punches his own teammates in the head. So probably not someone that you can trust to have a, uh, you know, to say something logical. But that that's a weird team. Um, and, and I guess a, a guy who's John Wall, who's, do we think he's a real leader? 
right? Do another guy that we can talk about leadership. Do we think like him and Bradley Beal, like play good players, but not like top flight level players? Do we think that they're actually good leaders for a team that I think needs it, right? A lot more so than a lot of their teams because they want to be good, but they're collapsing. Yeah, I don't. It's <laughs> leadership. That that's the theme of the pod. <laughs> it's crazy. How Let's that pull up that Tumblr with the leadership quotes. <laughs> Uh, we've got what do we we got one more right we've got uh, another future warrior one last future warrior yes um, so this is my favorite player like this is the first basketball player I really stand for in my life huh. uh, got fired today as the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks East Bay legend Jason Kidd I, so I'm older than you uh, and I definitely remember like kid was kid was more relevant to Bay area hoops than the warriors were for all of my childhood. Like he had that. How do I put it? Like it, I don't want to say it LeBron hype because no one had LeBron hype in high school, but he had like the equivalent of it in the early nineties of like this, this kid's high school games would get sold out the Oakland or the sold out Oracle arena, essentially like he was, and obviously his Hall of Fame career and all that stuff. So I, it's always weird for me because like clearly kids a little bit of a pot stir. That's putting it nicely. And a um, questionable coach at best. <laughs> but it's like it's weird for me because this was the dude like I remember like I was like seven years old or six years old. And I like the first basketball game I went to was a Cal basketball game to watch him. And like it was like. Like it, it was like a warrior. Like the, the arena was so packed because you had to see this guy, that type of thing. Um, I don't know. And now I'm, he's an NBA swindle coach legend. And now he's yeah, he's he's uh, you know, ten year younger Mark Jackson. <laughs> um, the the quotes though are just. Uh, I'll let you go on it for a minute while I pull this up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just without knowing specifically what happened on the inside. It's I'm impressed by the fact that he coached the team. He got someone like Giannis to love him because if a coach is going to get fired, usually you think like, hey, there's a coach killer. You know, there's someone like a Marcus or, a, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> so you think that would happen. But no, it looks like Giannis loved the guy. Um, it's just that Jason Kidd is an awful coach. They're the eight seed, nine seed on a team that's super talented. Yeah, it just it just doesn't make sense what for a joke. to be a bottom five defense like that. That <laughs> roster screams top five defense right like at like, least just name them off all right bledsoe Gian- middleton Giannis. they Snell. have all the wingspan they they're all individually between good to great defenders and as a team they're just kind of a joke defensively right like they they just they don't really stop anyone like they're they're the type of team who makes highlight defensive plays but then gives up like 10 layups in a row right yeah that's and, the Cavs every playoffs but yeah and um but they just never got better and they're not really that young like Giannis is young but everyone else on the team is kind of like 27 like Bledsoe or Middleton's 26 Bledsoe's 28 like I don't think people realize that they're not um this isn't like the Wolves with like you know like uh Carl Anthony Cantor being 22 or something like that like they're they should be better than they are so it makes sense he got fired but the, the quotes today were just he he goes, I, I I don't know if I'll ever get hired again because he literally just threw everyone under the bus. 
He's telling them that Giannis was calling him saying, I should call the owners directly. I'll call my agent. <laughs> um, it was kid. Kid is an all-star playing the media. I'll say that. <laughs> um, I don't know where the bucks go from here. I don't know. Jason Kidd has, has had this reputation for 20 years as a player. Like he got Byron Scott fired. Uh, he got, um, he's, he's known for being a, a difficult person to get along with. <sighs> so to recap everything, it's, it's more, I think my, my view is there's only so long like fleeting that you can, you can live perfectly, like harmoniously as an organization, as a team. And I think the Warriors are smack dab in the middle of it. So the cliche is like, go enjoy it while it's happening. But I think it's more so like just realize what is going on everywhere else. Because when you do, it's like it's actually insane how happy the Warriors are and how we complain how boring they are. But it's pretty cool the fact that they're not the ones, despite the winning, that you don't see, quote unquote, the disease of more. Right. You don't see Draymond Green saying we need a you know, I need to shoot more things like that. There's none of we that. that you, there's not even whispers. Like, I, I don't think there's even any whispers that you or I have heard of or anybody else that are saying the Warriors are slightly unhappy. It's truly like, you know, we're, we're winning. And even when we lose in games like against the Rockets, there's nothing that stops this team from just moving forward without any type of drama. Cause even when the Miami heat, that team was great. And when they lose there, some, there'd be something. Right, there'd be something being passive aggressive, somebody doing anything. But the Warriors, you don't really see that. And I don't know how long that's gonna last, man. Like we might just have it might just be this season. But um it's crazy to see like the perfect blend of talent, leadership, success, and all that crap <laughs> together. And then you see the rest of the NBA kind of falling apart. That that's that's good stuff. No, I completely agree with you. It's um it's easy to kind of like uh, take for granted what they're doing right now, uh, but it will be short-lived. Like in a year, Clay's going to have to get an extension. In mm-hmm. two years, Draymond is. In two years, they could all look older than they do now. Like you just don't know how long. And then, and then when guys start looking older, they get frustrated that they can't do as much. And when they get frustrated, they don't blame themselves for aging. They, you know, all of a sudden it's like, man, Kerr's plays suck, you know, little things like that. Like, so it really is kind of their absolute peak moment. So you have to kind of take it all and just appreciate like it's, you know, you think it's going to last forever, but it's not going to last forever. I mean, look at the Spurs, the team that you thought was going to last forever. Now, even they're nearing the end. <laughs> Kawhi, even Kawhi Leonard is unhappy. Future, war, that- future warrior Kawhi Leonard. <sighs> Just, just crazy stuff, man. So I guess the Warriors, they, they've got actually a pretty fun week. Uh, hopefully, Jimmy Butler plays on Thursday. So uh, then, yeah, then the, we think your Celtics can... on Saturday. Jimmy's, Jimmy was uh, pulled out of tonight's game, but I don't think there's anything indicating he won't play Thursday. Mm-hmm. But you never know. You never know. Like there's, if they think it's worth resting him, they're gonna do it because like they might just see it as an L either way. An L anyway, yeah, so true. mine as well. Um, but yeah, wolves should be fun. Um, at some point we got to dig into it. Like, are they the next team that has a legitimate shot at, at beating the warriors? They, they might be, I think this year might be too soon, but the strides they are making on defense. They might, you know, maybe another year under their belt. They could be that problem team for the warriors. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, Wiggins is going off without Butler, so if they can find a way to balance that, that's going to be perhaps something that the Warriors can't handle. But, I mean, I think the team after them uh, that they play on Saturday is is that's the team, I think, right? That's your your hometown squad. My hometown um, squad. That, that'll be fun to see. Um, they're struggling, though. They've lost a couple in a row, but um, it'll be fun. Always fun to see Steph and Kyrie. It uh, is. I mean, Kyrie's literally Kyrie's one of the short list of players who the Warriors, like their players, have just way more admiration for him than they do for a lot of players who think are better than him. They they talk about him as like, dude, this guy's this guy's legit. You know, <laughs> like they they view him they view him higher than a lot of the so called better point guards. No, for sure. He's like, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's it, quite frankly because of a lot of the stuff he's done to them. But like, I mean, you play basketball when someone, when you try your hardest against someone and you, and it, and it, you know, they still get what they want on you. Like you just kind of like, this guy's a problem, right? You, you kind of tip your cap to them. That's kind of how the worries are with him. He, I mean, like Isaiah Thomas, you know how Isaiah wore the Kobe shoes today and, and said that he's the greatest player of all time. I think that's like how players view Kyrie. It's like he might not be like the great, the best point guard, but a lot of players truly feel like, you know what? Like, despite all that crap, they feel like he's the guy just because of that. Like, how, what Kobe did to him. I don't think Kobe was even the best player in the league, you know, maybe even throughout most of his career. But it's like what he's done and the way he markets himself and things like that. It's like, well, that's the guy, you know? He markets yeah, I mean, himself. Perfectly. I mean, you could, like, you'll get no Warrior player on record, but they'll say they would. If it's a close game, they would much rather have to guard Russell Westbrook for the oh. last five minutes of a game than have to deal with Kyrie. Oh, not even close. And it, everyone objectively would say Russell Westbrook's a better player, but I mean that's that's just how the, that's that's how those players feel. And it, again, it's because he's done it to them. But I mean, hell, he he came through in the first game in Boston against the Warriors, even though he was awful. They still couldn't guard him down the stretch. Yes. Boston, Boston calls after a weekend of Boston calls and against Jacksonville, I think we're, 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 we're done with that. So, um, all right, let's yeah. get out of here. Yeah, um, let's get out. We're good. We got a, got a full week of games. We'll be back next week. Yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk after, um, after the Celtics beat the Warriors, we'll have an emergency podcast. Yes. Is it time to blow up the team? Players only meeting coming on Sunday. So we'll speak to you guys all next Monday. Pat, Pat McCall is going to call everyone out. <laughs> Perfect. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.